Welcome to Good Darts. It's the podcast all about darts. The quality cannot be guaranteed. It's brought to you by our friends at Low Six. I'm Dan Dawson. Wayne Mardle is in Coventry for the Grand Slam of Darts, uh, slowly giving himself sodium poisoning by surviving on a diet of mini poppadoms and salted nuts. So has that changed <laughs> this time? Because it was very much that case at the Grand Prix. How, how is it going, Wayne? Uh, th- this is different class then. Th- this different is, class? Uh, yeah, look, the, the levels of, of food have, have risen greatly. Oh. The, the reason, the reason, I have yeah. a fridge. I have oh, a fridge right. in the room. Yeah, okay. And there's, yeah. there's, there's, a, an, there's an Asda and an Aldi within, within walking distance, and I'm filling myself up on cooked chicken and beef with salad and, and uh, garlic-covered olives and cheese ah oh, dan it, oh, it's I, like a it's like a Joe buffet Wicks. in the room yeah I, well is this part of your <laughs> loser stone in 30 days thing that you've been wanging on about on twitter <laughs> it is yeah yeah all oh, right okay and it's it, a good time going? to do it well i mean yeah it is everybody is it i mean is it sensible changes to lifestyle without any set target goals for for amounts of weight loss is that not a better plan both for your physical and mental health wayne yeah, look, it, uh, whether it be responsible way of doing it or not, but I, I know I have <laughs> enough. I know I have enough to lose a stone in 30 days without without kind of going overboard and, and making myself ill. Right, uh, okay. All I good. do, all I do, I eat less and move more. That's okay. what I'm doing. Okay, man, that's, that seems like a sensible plan. Well, on the pod this week, we'll be speaking to a man who has lost an absolute shed load of weight lately. Uh, more than four stone. Big John Henderson, who's still big, although slightly less big than he was. We'll be talking about the Grand Slam of Darts, <laughs> uh, which is what Wayne is in Coventry for, because uh, I don't think he goes there by choice. Uh, and we've also <laughs> got uh, the Winter Series to pick through. Uh, another topic I'll bring up later is, is gamesmanship, because that seems to be a hot topic. But look, we've got a massive chat with Henderson coming up and if you don't like John Henderson uh, I'm not going to be your friend and I'm not inviting you to my birthday party either everybody likes John Henderson so you're in for a treat Um, the winter series Wayne uh, it finished off we spoke after the first two events Michael Smith had won them both and do you remember who you predicted who was going to win in the last three events Uh, if I'm honest if I'm really honest I know I said no I can remember picking Price to win one yeah, I think, you said Price I, I would win event three, and he duly right. did. Then you said right. Cullen would win event five, which he then did. did. <laughs> you did, yeah. No way. The only one no you got way. wrong, you said Smith would win event four, and he actually went out in the last 16 with a 99 average because Ferret beat him. Pathetic. That is, I mean, that is a stunning set of predictions. I've got to <laughs> tip my glass to you, Wayne, because that is very, very impressive. Even you are surprised that you got that much right. It's a stunning set of guesses, not predictions. <laughs> a stunning set of guesses. Yeah. Wow. Uh, look, uh, Dan, Dan, I know the game. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, brilliant. It's, it, it's increasingly frustrating to hear that when it turns out you actually do sometimes or just guess correctly. <laughs> Partic- particularly when I go, I'll, I'll just pick three guys who haven't won titles. I went for Labanowskis, Ross Smith, and Keen Barry, and they managed to win a grand total of about. Eight games between them in the last three days. Although, I tell you what, Keen Barry averaged nearly 95 for that whole winter series week over 13 games. He is going to be some treat to look forward to watching next year. Yeah, you're not kidding. He's one of those. It doesn't always go like this. You know when someone says, oh, he's, he's got better or he's getting better or he's progressing. He's getting better year in, year out. He's getting better every... like kind of three month stages it's like he's a lot better than he was three months ago and then i remember watching him at the uh the world championships the 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 bdo youth thinking mm. look i know how good you are i know you can you can play well but then by the time he got to the the men's world championship uh sorry by the time he was uh playing on tour mm. as in with it the, the the uh, development and and everything challenge else in the tour. main yeah, yeah, tour, yeah. the challenge tour. Sorry, yeah, I'm thinking you have become better than you seemingly last week. The mm. man, the man will, the man will do things. He's yeah. got that kind of action for me that there's little thought behind what he's doing. It's just natural. I like him. 
I like him too, and he practices a lot online because his his girlfriend's in the Czech Republic, uh, Keen. So he spends a bit of time over there. She's a darts player as well, but he he spends right. quite a bit of time practicing with Adam Gavlas either online because I think he lives quite far away from wherever his girlfriend is. But right. I, the more I've seen Gavlas this week, I know I've seen him before, and I really liked him. But what have you made of Adam Gavlas at the Grand Slam for a guy who's finished bottom of his group, lost all three of his games? I think he's. He looks decent to me. I think he could really yeah. do bits. Keen Barry and Adam Gavlas could do a lot of stuff over the next few years. Yeah, yeah I agree. I, from the, the outset, just watching Gavlas and, and I said straight off the bat, I I, I think he's got something. I mm. really do. And and whilst he's, like you said, he, he's, I'm not going to say he's been unlucky because he, he, he kind of hasn't. He, he's kind of got what he, he deserved. You saw today that he's got a great game in him. He's just not used to winning on the big stage, is he? Yeah, he's just not got, used to it. Yeah, you've got to hit doubles. You've got to, you've got to experience. Yeah. Not everybody's going to turn up and just yeah. win everything first time they do it. Um, but look, yeah. I think Adam Gavlas has been impressive in the Grand Slam. What else has caught your eye? We'll, we'll talk a bit more about the Grand Slam later on, post-Hendo. But what's caught your eye in the opening exchanges of the Grand Slam? We're talking on Wednesday night, so... Four groups are done and dusted. We've got four more groups to be finished off tomorrow night. Well, I've seldom seen anyone play like Dimitri Vandenberg. Uh, it, it, it's just madness. It's madness what he's doing. The, the the way he's going about it in 140s, 180s, 137s with the control. He's up, if he's missing a treble 20, it's, it's by like a, a, a millimetre. Mm. Everything is around what he's going for. He's been brilliant. Van Gerwen's been been brilliant. But two has really impressed me. And it, there, there may be a recency bias here, but mm. Rob Cross keeps saying that I'm doing it on the practice board, not doing it on the on the the main board. Rob Cross has played well. I think Rob Rob Cross is nowhere nowhere near back to 18. I'm I'm not saying that, but this is the best I've seen him actually throw for for quite a while. And yeah. even though he won the match play and, and the Euros last year, I, this is the best I've actually seen him technically throw. I've been really impressed. I really have. But he doesn't seem to be that impressed with himself. Yeah, well, he knows what he's got in the locker, doesn't he? I mean, uh, look, I, I think he does. First, he does. The first year that Rob Cross came on the scene and we were watching him on the Pro yeah. Tour and the Euro Tour and then the European Championship and then the World Championship and like 107 average. It was commonplace. I mean, he ended the year with a, with a hundred average. He was right up there with with Michael Van Gerwen. So a hundred average was just his yeah. normal performance. Now, when he does a hundred average, you go, "Oh, it's good." Whereas that used to be normal. So look, I'm, yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just holding back. I mean, it's good signs, but then I've been saying for months there are good signs for Rob Cross, and then he's not doing it consistently. And as we've said many times before, it's about doing it over and over and over again, which is going That's to right. be the issue for Michael Van Gerwen, who's looked really, really good in two. Yeah. Best of eleven, uh, no, best of nine games, but that's not yeah. that's Michael Van Gerwen does that for entire tournaments and sometimes entire years. The real Michael Van Gerwen, yeah. Michael Van Gerwen, just averaging one hundred and three, hundred and five for two games running in first to five is is not really something to be to be getting that excited no. about. Um, but no, it is no, interesting I, I, anyway. I it's, it's certainly encouraging. We want to see the world number one back to fire in his best. Um, I did want yeah. to ask you what a two-time world champion had to say because he's been he's evidently been in a bit of a mood this week, Gary. Um, and oh, it was about Gary, yes. yeah, Gary Anderson, Adam Gavlas, and he's basically I think he's done it two days running now, where he said, "Oh, this gamesmanship, they're all cheats, and I don't think it's fair." Now, for a start, if somebody on stage is sniffing and it can knock fifteen points off the average of one of the greatest players ever to play the game, then I would suggest that a lot yeah. more players are going to start sniffing. I'm not really sure how much there is in that, but in terms of gamesmanship, explain it to me, Wayne. Because what can you do on stage that can genuinely have an effect on your opponent that's going to annoy them? And how big an effect are we talking? Well, what what normally happens is that if someone wants to try something, it's normally because they think they're going to get beaten and to some tune. They they think mm. they're not as good as their opponent. That's why we, that's why gamesmanship happens, and it's normally right. I'm going to ruin someone's rhythm by walking really slow to the board, and they they're going to have to take a step back. Or we've we've seen 
we've seen all kinds of nonsense where someone's just taken an age, like uh, like Simon Whitlock did with Dirk Van Dyvenbode in the semis of the uh, the Grand Prix. He was yeah, taking an age work. to get to the board. Yeah, yeah, but that that's yeah that didn't work. But as for Gary saying that the sniffing that was going on and they need testing and all this malarkey, and then Gary kind of he kind of apologised tonight without apologising, saying. I'm a bit more crabbier than usual because I'm I'm in pain. So it was his way of saying maybe I was out of order, but I'm not actually going to apologise to anyone. But read into this what you will. But as for as for the the, the gamesmanship that goes on, we've seen kicking in the past where a player's lifting their leg up like Ala Rob Cross or, or Mencia Sulovic, and the person uh, behind them is standing kind of out of the exclusion zone, but it's still not enough room. Mm. And look, I, I just think it's an act of desperation when well, we see all this. I, yeah, I mean, or, I, or, hmm. hold on, hold on. You're, you're right. You're right in saying what you did earlier about the, the sniffing. Just sniff away if you know you're going to win. I, I Look, I, I was pulling out some, when I call it nonsense, <laughs> when I played Phil Taylor in the 2008 World Championships, Yeah, I was getting the crowd on my side during Phil's throw. I did it the following year with Robert Thornton. And do you know what? I knew I was being slightly out of order. Mm. But if Robert or Phil would have said to me, Wayne, don't do that, or the referee would have said to me, Wayne, don't do that, I'd have given it, sorry. Because there's, sorry. there's a grey area about what's allowed. We all, you know, I want you want to see celebrating on stage. And we've seen that seemingly pushed into an area where Gerwin Price can get originally fined £20,000 for something that there's no rule, obviously, against it. Um, you know, Do you still seen... laugh at that, Dan? I, 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 I think it's... I think I thought the whole thing was ridiculous. There was a lot of pearl clutching from people. Going, oh, this is disgusting. Oh, oh, how... Think of children. The children are watching this. It's like he's just making a bit of noise. I mean, come on. Um, they can handle it. They're grown Ugh. men and women. They can deal with it. But we, there but, are sort of grey areas. Now, I know, look, we've, we've all heard yeah. stories about players clicking darts and flicking flights and stamping on the stage yeah. and all sorts of this sort of stuff. But I find that most yeah. of the time, the players who really get a bee in their bonnet about it are the ones who... They're not playing well. The ones who argue, who get involved in arguments with the crowd, who say, oh, the crowd weren't fair yeah. to me, or he was doing this. Yeah. It's because they've played poorly and they're looking for a deflection. Because the easiest yeah. way to deal with... If somebody's clicking their flights or whatever and you're for an 105 average, they soon stop because they realise it's not bloody working. You just go out there yeah. and beat them on the board and they will stop. The crowd won't. The crowd will cheer you if you hit 180s and win legs. That's just a fact. So yeah. it, a lot of it, the moaning, I think, is just deflection from, oh, it's not my fault that I lost that game or played poorly or whatever. Yeah. And I think we've seen that dozens and dozens and dozens of times, more than we've really seen any kind of gamesmanship that, that is pff, worth getting annoyed or excited or agitated about, to be honest. And you know the dozens of times you're on about? Mm. It's normally by the same people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some some do, and some some do. Let's be honest. That, yeah, yeah. No, there's uh, I, G Gary. Gary's pulled loads of people up. Gary's said, I, "I'm not happy about that." A Adrian Lewis has been spoke about many, many a time. Uh, he was doing this. He was doing that. And that's not to bring Adrian into it, but it, whatever habits that people have on the stage. Uh, they get they get moaned about, and it is the same people. Well, it I really I, is. And I don't want to bring Adi into it, but I remember we did we did some filming for a show. We got all the previous PDC World Champions together in a in a big circle. Um, I watched and, it. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was a it was a nice show. It was interesting. You yeah, know, they were just trying to look for like before the Grand themes. Slam, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was the only one we we're missing was Barney. Uh, I can't remember why. Uh, but anyway, we had all the other. Uh, he was PDC going out for World sushi Champions. with someone he wanted to be with. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, we had all the other ones and we we're all sat around. But, you know, we're, we're discussing you know, the common themes, what makes a world champion. It's an interesting discussion with some of the greats of the game. Uh, you, you might be able to yeah. find it on Sky somewhere or online. Um, but the, <laughs> the one thing was, I think it was I think it was Van Gerwen who, who said, oh, well, they, 
there'll be them trying to play tricks and you know trying to trying to cheat and I'm looking at him and points directly at Adrian and Adrian gives it the whole completely <laughs> innocent what me not me yeah. oh not me dog. oh no. and then literally everybody else around this circle of greats just goes yeah yeah him him absolutely him Adrian <laughs> I think everybody acknowledges that Adrian is at least a, he's learnt a few things in his time in the game let's put it that yeah. way but the, you yourself there's more than one way to win a game of darts and that you've employed singing and all sorts of stuff to try and win games it was that in Vegas Dan uh, you've got to know your ability I've never been I've never claimed to be the des- best dart player that's, that's ever come out of uh, my house let alone <laughs> let alone on, on stage at, at any point yeah look I I I used to get rid of my my angst and and inner anxiety and adrenaline by doing the most stupid things. But I knew they were stupid. But I thought this might this might just antagonise enough for them to become angry with me, where they take their eye off the ball. And I, I'm not saying I beat Colin Lloyd and John Part on the way to uh, another Desert Classic final because I I was singing during the break, uh, but. <laughs> I knew, I knew that they, I knew that it wouldn't bother me. I knew that I couldn't care less, and it bothered the pair of them big time to the point of that they still both mention it to this day, and that makes me laugh. I didn't try it in the final against Phil because I was, I was trying to, I was trying to play a proper game, and. Phil would have just laughed and, and picked up the mic and would have had some kind of duet. But even <laughs> even with Phil in one of the finals, right? Even with Phil's, this is quite funny actually. I was I was four one down against Phil in the Desert Classic final, whatever year mm. it was, and I was playing well. And I'm thinking, you ain't got me yet. You've you've definitely not. You haven't. I'm not beat yet. Mm. I'm not beat yet. First to six sets. Anyway, four one down. I pour it back to four all, and I am. I'm absolutely rinsing him. I think he won one leg in 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 ten, and I've give it daddy's back. I went daddy's <laughs> back as we're walk- <laughs> right as we and I'm trying to annoy him. I'm trying to. This is like the best player on the planet by a mile, and I'm trying to antagonise. I'm trying to. I'm trying to really get under his skin. Anyway, so it's four all. Well, he wins the next set, and I, I had a dart to win it. I had a dart to win that set to make it. Four sets on the bounce, and I'd have just give it more. I'd have give it more. Anyway, I miss a dart at balls off, one, two, one. He takes out that set, and we go for another break. And as he walks off, he looks at me. He gives it, hey, hey. So I look round, and he gives it, granddad's back, pal. Granddad's back. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. no. And, you know when you know oh. when you're thinking, ah, oh, right, damn, damn. It kind of worked, but I didn't finish it off. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't have the ability to finish it off, oh. and he he won the next set three 0 And you know when you think it, and look, this was about 17, 16, 17 years ago, and mm. I'm talking about it now fondly because I think it made a difference. Not with Phil, forget forget that, but with with the singing and whatever. And John Part said, I th- even to this day, I thought you were being disrespectful, Wayne, and I give it you're 100 right, John. I was, <laughs> and he went. He went, he went, you were one set down to me at the time and you ended up telling the crowd, don't worry, I'll win this. I went, John, John, I won 4-1, pal. You're I rinsed right. you. I absolutely rinsed you. Oh, <laughs> it's hilarious. Look, there's more than one oh, way dear. to win a game of darts. There's, uh, and look, yes. there, there is always going to be a grey area about what's respectful or whatever, but we have the laws and the rules yeah. of the game there to make sure nobody strays into... Uh, into cheating uh, and Wayne yeah. certainly trod that no man's land better <laughs> than most uh, we're going to cross to a man who I don't think anybody has ever accused this man of gamesmanship uh, ever uh, it is one of the nicest men in darts it is a man with an incredible uh, career not won a PDC title not yet anyway but he is still one of the universally loved figures of this sport it is Big John Henderson the Highlander these are the questions that you should be asking Welcome to the Good Darts Podcast, Mr. John Henderson, the Highlander, a man I've been looking forward to getting on the podcast for quite some time. Hendo, uh, you've given a bit of your time to us in the middle of moving house. That is how committed you are to being on this podcast. Yes, definitely. It's uh, a hard time at the moment, obviously, with the current climate. And uh, But yes, we're moving house just now, so uh, 
is busy, busy with that, kind of interrupting my dad. So we bit, but uh, all the, the moves going well. But uh, always make time for you, Dan. You know that. Oh, Hendo, Hendo, I'm <laughs> blushing. Well, you're only moving down the road. You're still up in Huntley. I mean, have you been there your whole life, Hendo? Born and bred, Dan. Born and bred. Uh, born in Huntley. Went to school here. Uh, I have often thought about moving into Aberdeen. Kind of Aberdeen's 40, 44 mile from me. Uh, it would have made sense, but nah, you can't take me out of Huntley now. I'm country alone, and uh, proud to proud to say that as well. Uh, no, so I'll be Huntley. I'd, I'd imagine I'll be here for the rest of my my days now. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you've you've stayed there your entire life, and yet playing this game, you have gone all over the world, even though I would imagine it is an absolute nightmare for you to travel from where you live to all the various places you've been over the years. It is. Well, Aberdeen, they don't do the same direct flights. Like, obviously, when we're going to Germany for the European tours, it's just a nightmare. I've always got two, and sometimes I've got three flights to get to these venues, so it's it's hard going staying up here. But it's my own choice to do that. I, I've gotten used to the travel, and it is. It can be a bit annoying. Obviously, sometimes I need to leave a day earlier than everybody else. But it is what it is, and uh, I just get on with it. And uh, I love doing what I do, and I'll continue doing it. Yeah, I've been to Aberdeen Airport, and it's really well. Like it's it's, uh, it's only an airport in name. Like instead of a baggage carousel when you, your luggage comes through, it's just like a hole in the wall and some big. <laughs> hairy ass Scotsman just throws your luggage through and goes, Hey, take that! That's there's no it's not actual proper bar- baggage carousel or anything. What do you do in your spare time? When you're not playing darts, Hendo, what do you do? What do you do up there? Uh well there's nearly much I had to do. Like I obviously it's no secret I like going watching the football. My local team Huntley, I like going watching them and obviously it's no secret I'm a, a big Celtic fan, so I like to go the odd trip down to Glasgow watching that or even when they're up in Aberdeen. So I like watching football. I'm being honest, Dan. I can I can watch any sport really. Uh, I used to when I was a kid. I used to play a lot of bowls, getting the crown green bowling. So oh yeah, I didn't mind going doing and watching. I don't play it anymore, but I didn't mind going doing and watching the the guys play that just in my spare time. But uh, oh, I used to love watching the cricket. But any kind of sport, you know, I just love watching. Like so, it's, it's always been sport for you then, Henry. When did darts become? A part of your life was that quite early on, or was it was it later? No, I was uh, twenty seven years when I when I played my first county game. Uh, nine, it was nineteen ninety. I was uh, as I say, I loved going to watching the local cricket team, and uh, the, we used to go down on a Saturday Sunday to watch the cricket. And there used to be a they used to start decided to have a pool and darts competition because uh, it was pools a massive thing in Huntley. There's every pub's mm. got a pool table. And not one, not one had a dartboard until I kind of started doing all right, and then the dartboards kind of started going up in the pubs in Huntley. <laughs> so, but pool was my thing, and obviously they, they decided to have a pool and darts competition, and it was just by chance the, the captain of the county was there that day, and he thought it'd be easy picking. So he actually, I actually beat him in the first round, and I've never played the well, To say I've never played it, I've obviously thrown at the dartboard, but. Uh, no, I did all right. So it, it kind of stemmed for that. And I was introduced to a pub in Aberdeen to go and play. And I, everything just kind of happened very quickly. And within four years, I got my Scotland Cup. Kind of, so everything happened quickly. But I was 27 years old. So I never, they used darts, nothing like that. Mm. So quite a, quite a late comer in the darts, yeah. If we go back to your first appearance side, so that's 15 years ago now. You throw a record number of 180s, lose narrowly. To Martin Adams, that's right, isn't it? Was it a record number of one eighties? It is. I it's uh, because I, I, I was in two thousand five. So yes, that was I get well, my first round against Stephen Bunton. Must have been one of the worst first round games ever recorded. I like said, and Stephen was just a young. I think Stephen was the world youth master at the time. Mm. Uh, and oh, I've never been so nervous in all my life. Obviously, a first time on telly, and oh my god, there wasn't a single one eighty throw, and oh, it was it was dreadful. But I got through it, and then obviously the second round against Martin, and can everybody say it's kind of, it's 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 actually a record for for the amount of one eighties in a five set match. Mm. Now that was the last year they made the second round a five set. Uh, they made it seven sets in the second round the year after that. 
at that point, Hendo, was darts your job, or what was what did your life consist of? Were you playing darts on the side while still working, and what were you doing at the time? Well, uh, I used to work in uh, work in the oil. Uh, I used to make like a lifting gear for like sort of offshore work. Uh, mm. I did that since I left school. Can I got a job whenever I wanted? Well, I was actually a, a postie for about three weeks. Three uh, weeks. Three weeks. I was I was only making about forty pound, and uh, one of one of my mates, his father was a kind of foreman at uh, an oil company in Aberdeen, and he asked, "Do you fancy coming in to uh, help out with the lifting gear?" And he said, "We can give you sixty five pound a week." And I goes, "When do I start?" Basically. <laughs> What was the conversation like with your boss after you'd just taken this job as a postie and then less than a month later you come in and go, actually, shove your job. I'm going to go and make big big machines for the rigs. I was a bit nicer than that, like, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as you came down, I'm a nice guy, so... Uh, yes. <laughs> so, uh, no, no, I, I walked down. It was only a casual worker anyway, just a, a young school. I kind of couldn't wait till you leave school. I wasn't the, the brightest kid at school, so to get away from school we just so I got the chance of a the post day so it was just a casual worker it was gonna lead up to a job probably they told me maybe three to six months. So I got this opportunity, a full time job working in oil and uh, my boss was brilliant about it. He was he goes, No, I understand, not a problem. You go and do your own thing. So no, it was it, it was actually an easy conversation if I'm being honest. Like so mm. so that's what I did right up until uh, PDC came calling. <laughs> well, that's it because you know you make your lakeside debut in two thousand and five, and then the next sort of five years, you're going all over the place playing BDO and WDF stuff. You're rising up the rankings, and you your biggest title wins came sort of two thousand and eight, nine, ten, that sort of time. And you must have been finding it quite difficult, I'd imagine, to juggle work and the travelling and playing an increasing amount of darts. I would think. Oh, it was hard. Um, I'm sure everybody else that started up has been through the same. Obviously, I was working long hours. I was starting at six in the morning. Obviously, I've got a I've got a 40 minute drive into Aberdeen, so I'm leaving the house just after five, and I'm getting home at something like six o'clock at night. So it was long. It was long days, and obviously, that was never never ever approached my mind that I would ever do it full time. It was always going to be a like a hobby for me and obviously when I got to the lakeside uh, and winning my first game and doing what I did and everybody knows me for that 12 one is more than it on any of the wins again it's uh, so it, it, it was hard like to try and juggle a job and but I never put it darts was ever going to be a job I was going to be a hobby so it was never going to be a serious thing so it was I only maybe half an hour practice a night that's all mm. I did from the very first, that first time you started playing darts when you were playing in the, the pool and darts competition at the, the cricket club or whatever, have you always had that same rocking motion? Did that just happen or is this something that's developed over the years? Can I say something I, I, I couldn't really tell you? I'd imagine it was because uh, I mean, when I, when I started off playing in the league in Aberdeen, the amount of people saying, do you do you work on the rigs or anything like that or on the boats? And funnily enough, I do. Yes, I. Uh, but well, I didn't actually work on them. I used to go on to them and do a lot of work. They go, well, can you not stand at peace when you're playing that? Obviously, it did. Uh, I always remember playing. It always sticks in my mind. I was in the British Open. I was in the quarter final. I'm playing. I don't know if you know George Douglas from up in Edinburgh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing him, and he he came off, and he he recorded the uh, recorded the result. And he goes, "I'd like to put a complaint about John Henderson." And he goes, "What?" And he goes, "I've got seasick now." <laughs> and I, that stuck in my mind, and it made a laugh. But no, so I, 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 I think it must have been there because I remember people used to make comments about can try to stand still, and everybody says when you're playing darts, you're supposed to stand still. But obviously, that goes out the window with my throw, like so. Amazing. It's something I've never, never really thought about, but it's just my natural throw, I suppose. Well, look, when when you were you were winning titles and you were a really big noise, you were in the top ten in the rankings in the WDF before you switched over to the PDC. You, you beat Gary Anderson in a big final. I think that was the British Open. Um, yeah. You've beaten Stephen Bunting on the way to titles. I mean, there are a number of players in in PDC darts 
If you mention John Henderson, they'll go, flipping heck, he's a good player. And they know it. And yet, in the PDC, you've gone on loads of good runs. You've had great major tournament runs and just never quite got that title. Is that is that a frustration to you? Or do you just think, do you know what? I'm, I've, I've still made a living out of this for the last 10 years. I'm, I don't really need that. Um, I do think uh, uh, okay, a lot of people do say, uh, how many titles have you won in the PDC? And I go, well, uh, <laughs> not one. Like, but uh, and it, it, it's frustrating when, kind of when people ask that. But I've had a healthy living out of it. Uh, me and Veronica, well, Veronica still working, so we've never been struggling financially. So Darts has been good to me. But frustrating eh, when I tell you, oh, I'd have to say yes. So I, I have came close many times. Obviously, the one that springs to mind is the one in Munich when I played Michael in the final. I think that's the only final I've, I've got until. Mm. I mean, semis, quarters, they just seem to have this mental block when I get there. I'm thinking, oh, this, this is my time, this is my time, and it just seems to slip away. But, eh, no, if I finish tomorrow, then I'd be delighted with what I've done. And even if I didn't get that PDC, I still believe I can get there. I'm, I'm not getting very young. I'm still 47. Can a lot of people play on them into their fifties? Look at Peter Wright, world champion at fifty again. So obviously, I kind of use age as an excuse, but I do believe I've got it in me to get one of those titles, and I'll keep going on until I can never throw that, and hopefully that title will come to me. But no, it is frustrating. I must admit. Well, you, you say you made a good living from darts. I, I've I, I heard a whisper. I don't know if this is an absolute urban legend, but I was told by someone that John Henderson, out of all his years of darts, all the prize money he's made from darts, he's just squirrelled that away and never touched a penny of it. Is that true? Is that utter nonsense? No, no, that's that's quite true. I'm, I'm quite sensible with my money. Like, obviously day-to-day job kind of obviously I've got this last few years I've been getting a lot of exhibitions and uh, obviously Veronica still working so so oh yes all my prize money has gone into the, the business account and it stays there and obviously I've, I've dubbed it for this new house so uh, uh, but that was just a little gift kind of for all the hard work of the years but no it's it's all lying there wow all what's the there. plan Hendo you've got you're sitting on a nice little nest egg there my man well, you could I'm, buy I'm, a boat. You could buy a crown. <laughs> you could buy your own island. I'll go to Hendo Island. Please invite me to Hendo Island. I will come. Oh, well, you can bring your yoga mat. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, should, I, should, I should explain that, actually, for anybody who has no idea what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, when we were doing the home tour uh, and I was stuck in my basement for several weeks in a row, uh, I'm sat in it right now, actually. One of the lads who was part of the technical team that made it happen, he, I bought him to say thank you for all the good work he was doing. Uh, a yoga mat, because he'd started yoga during lockdown, but I got a John Henderson yoga mat with pictures of Hendo on it, uh, the Highlander written across it. It's a fabulous piece of darts merchandise, and I would urge anybody to go out and buy one. In return, he got me a Steve Beaton picture of him in a hot tub, so I've got that up on my wall as we speak. <laughs> I'm, no, I, I'm enormously impressed with that, Hendo, because that is, that's very sensible with your money. Do you, when you look at the game now, when you look at players who come into it, particularly a lot of the younger players, and there's a lot of money sloshing around this game nowadays, do you get a little bit concerned when you look at some of them thinking, they're not being that clever, they, they, it could be a short career. You've, you're doing very well and you've, you've been playing this game for a number of years, but it doesn't necessarily mean that if you leave the game in 10 years time if you've not been sensible with your money you might not be set up for life oh definitely I, I, obviously I'm not going to name names about who's who's no sensible with their money but you just hear stories about people when they, they have a good run they go out and buy themselves a, a car and all that which is get every right to do that but you have got to be sensible now obviously and that's current climate as well okay? obviously the PDC were helping out with the with the, the kind of furlough and all that so uh it, it is hard, and if you're not uh, sensible with your money, you could struggle. Because uh, as you say, you could you could break your arm tomorrow, and that's your career done. Like so, it's, mm. it's, it's, when I started off, it wasn't something I, I always planned to do. Was just just to put everything in a in a bank and no touch. It, it just happened. Uh, obviously, when I met Veronica, and uh, she's she's she works away, and we kind of use her kind of wage, and obviously in the last five, six years I've been getting a lot of a lot of exhibition work. So we just kinda of live off that and 
uh, it's been all good. But you do hear some of the young lads in there kind of can blow their money as soon as they get it. And as I say, I'm not in a position to tell them no to do it. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But it'll be their own fault if they find out in a couple of years' time they've, they've got no money. But uh, Have a few weeks rent-free at Hendo Island and I'm sure they can get themselves back on their feet. Um, what's the situation with you now, Hendo? Because we've just finished the Pro Tour for the year and you have... You've just crept into the Players' Championship Finals. You've just crept into the World Championship. I mean, it's the bare minimum, but it is ups and downs in this game, isn't it? How how hard is it to deal with? Because I would imagine the highs and lows for you in the PDC over the last five years. I mean, it has been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? Oh, definitely. It's it, it, it's the standard is getting brutal now, and if you didn't put in the effort at home, can on the practice board, you do get found out. Now this COVID has been a really nightmare for me. Obviously, I've been putting in the putting in the work. I've actually been trying to lose a bit of weight, which I've succeeded in doing. Kind of just lot of just just lost over four stone. So and and I do believe I think a lot. I've spoken to a lot of people over the last couple of over the autumn series and the winter series that when you lose a considerable amount of weight, it does do a lot of things to your throat. Now, I do believe my throw hasn't changed, but there was someone at the weekend, I can't remember who was, actually commented that I wasn't rocking as much as I would normally do. Mm. And I don't know if that's a result in the the, the weight loss or no. But I just seem to have lost the kind of a killer edge on, on my games. It's the, As I say, on a practice board, I'm just doing my normal thing, hitting 180s for fun. Uh, but this last couple of series, I've really, really struggled uh, it's near the end of the legs. It's just the doubles. I've lost that colour edge. So a lot of people through the COVID did have done a lot of online stuff to keep their competitive darts there, which I haven't done a very lot. Other uh, online, I did the home tour with yourself, mm. and I'm and so I think maybe I've missed out in doing a lot of that online stuff. But uh, I just I, I made a comment uh, at the Premier League when I played Nathan that uh, it was my first game since the World Championships. And obviously everybody goes in holiday, so I didn't do a lot of practice. And I, and I said to them that I, I just lost that competitiveness, I lost the colour edge, but I'll get it back. And just before the COVID started, I started playing really well, and and then obviously this happened, and then and then when we came back, I just no found it at all. And that's two two wins in two series, it's it's just not good enough. And if uh, halfway through the, the this winter series. If someone had said that you were going to get the last place at the players and the last place at the Worlds, I'd have grabbed it with both hands because I actually had it in my head. Right, that's it. All done for the year. Let's let's put the hard work, get the house done, get my set up, up, up and running. Hard work starts now for the next year, and let's get back to where I should be. And obviously, I've been given a, I've been, I think I've been given a little, a little lifeline, but maybe the bit of luck that I don't seem to get. So let's hopefully I can uh, use that. And uh, obviously, first game, world champion, Peter Wright. It's not going to be easy, but I'm there. And that's the main thing. So so the hard work for me starts now, Dan. And uh, once I get the house done, we've moved down, settled down, and hopefully we can get back to a wee bit of normality next year and get back to where I want to be. Fabulous. John Henderson, the Highlander, one of the nicest men in darts and seemingly one of the richest as well. Good luck with the house move, mate. And uh, look, I'll uh, I'll dig out my yoga mat and come see you soon. <laughs> Cheers, Don. All the best, boy. You take care. Big John Henderson there. Well, Dart's database, which hasn't been updated for absolutely months, by the way, and is really annoying, uh, it has Hendo at winning more than half a million pounds in prize money over his career. Now, it's going to be even more than that, of course, but the stereotype of the frugal Scotsman turns out it can be true on occasion. I'm hoping that somewhere in Hendo's house, he's got a big swimming pool full of gold coins that he dives into every morning like Scrooge McDuck. Uh, Wayne, your thoughts on a genuine icon of this sport, Big Hendo, please. Staggering, staggering <laughs> that is that is is kept that that prize money absolutely yeah. staggering. And do you know what? I've never been so so pleased because we know that that some players think that the money's easy come, easy go, and it will last forever. But wow, John's John's played it right there. I, mm. it, 
we can't I can't big him up enough for, for having the, the, the nous for being so so clever. I, I, I personally I personally when I played in the, the, the world championship in in two thousand and one, I think it was two thousand or two thousand and one uh, sorry, two thousand and two was my my uh, semi final. Mm. I I won ten thousand, and nine thousand of it comes straight off my mortgage that I had at the time. And I remember thinking, I'm going to do this with with my big winnings, not a grand or so. Mm. Anyway, I paid off my mortgage pretty early. I was lucky, uh, but that was not. Uh, Five hundred and thirty-five thousand, or mm. somewhere near the mark of what what John Anderson's put away, and I want other players to listen to what what he did, because there are some out there that have won millions more than John, that will have nothing to show for it. Yeah, that and is. That I, is I admire him. I, I don't have a cap on. I, I do not, but I, I wish to tip it to him. Yeah, magnificent. Yeah, what a man, an absolute gent. I tell you what. This is the beauty of this game. It's not like football. It's not like cricket or Formula One where they're all grown in Petri dishes from embryos and they're destined to go on and become <laughs> elite level sports people. On this podcast alone, we've had a chef who turned down a job at the Savoy, an aubergine farmer from the Netherlands, builders, window cleaners, a former lift engineer from Belgium, now a man who made lifting gear for the oil rigs in the wild north of Scotland. And every single one of them has been competing at the highest level in the game. Real people yeah. doing extraordinary things. That, my friends, yeah. is why darts is the greatest sport of all. The darts. Fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Just <laughs> every professional will tell you. Oh, tremendous. I think it's an absolute genius idea. I think it's been fantastic. That's just absolutely amazing. It's always great. Here's the back of my neck. We're standing up. It's made my night. I think it's made everybody out there tonight. I don't think I'll ever witness anything like that again. It was just. <laughs> I'm actually speechless. That's just phenomenal. Right, the Grand Slam is underway. The favourite, Gerwin Price. Oh, he was the favourite. He hasn't been that great, to be honest. The world number one, Michael Van Gerwen, has been a damn sight better than he's been these last few weeks. Uh, but can we read much into that after they've only played a couple of games? Wayne, who is your favourite right now? Not necessarily who you think is going to go and win it, but who deserves the tag of favourite right now? Uh, it, I, I think it's really hard to call. There are so many that I'm really pleased to say that they are playing well. Uh, Van Gerwen's playing well. Simon Whitlock, Michael Smith, I'm I'm chuffed for. He's mm. hitting doubles, therefore he's got a chance. Uh, if Ratajski can can come through, then is a danger. Uh, Chizzy's playing decent, but just sometimes looks a bit frail. There's uh, frailties on his doubles. Devon Peterson and Peter Wright, they could come through the group. Wade is looking uh, a million dollars and don't rule him out. Yeah, Price ominous. is not looking great. Yeah, yeah, ominous, yeah. Price is not looking great, but come the, the, the knockout phase. But the man that's doing it all is, do you know what? And it, do you know what's weird here? Is that mm. if Dimitri Vandenberg hadn't won the world match play, I would have just said he's playing well, but it won't last. Now he's won the match play. My thoughts are he's playing well and he might win this. Yeah, but he, it's not going to carry on at this level, is it? He's not going to be... Not even a if chance. he does make the final, he's not going to be averaging 106, 107 for the tournament. That's not going to happen. No. But at no. the match play, no. he showed you go and average 98, 99, take your chances, you can win games. But we, we knew that anyway because that, that's the same for everybody. If you average 98, 99 and hit your doubles, then you can beat yeah. anybody at Game of Darts, whether it's Michael Van Gogh and Phil yes. Taylor or even the great Wayne Mardell. Um, but he yes. does look like Marble. he can... I'm <laughs> not so sure. I'm, I think I'm going to take the 16-time world champion's opinion on this over yours, uh, with the greatest of respect. Um, right, we've got four groups to get sorted out, because four have been sorted already. That's just happened this afternoon slash evening as we sit here talking on Wednesday night. We've got four more groups yes. to sort out. I'm going to go through them in alphabetical order. Uh, it's A, C, E, and G. Um, so I'm going to go Group A. We're going to start with the German giant, Gabriel Clemens, who 
appears to just I, I didn't realise this I didn't realise how well he played last year at this tournament where he didn't have an average below ninety seven and a half, even in his defeat yeah, in the yeah. lockout rounds to Glenn. Um now he didn't he, he kinda got over overpowered, over I think he looked a bit frightened against MVG um when he, he lost his second group stage game. But he's got Adam yeah. Hunt coming up. And there, I think he's just going to go back to playing some of the incredible stuff that we've seen, not only at this tournament from him, but in the Winter Series leading up. I think he's going to have too much for Adam Hunt, and I think he's going to book his place in the in the last 16 again. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I tell you what, though, Dan, and it's funny you should say about uh, the way he played against Van Gerwen. I, I thought it was like a bit of hero worship going on there. I thought he, he played him like, Wow! Wow! I'm playing Michael Michael Van Gerwen. This is this is amazing, and he's got he's got to lose that. Well, he, I, he's I, he's got to get rid of that. The way I saw it was that Van Gerwen, who from the very first dart was screaming and roaring like Gerwin Price, as much as we've seen Van Gerwen do for ages, and I think he just cowed him into submission. To be honest, Gabriel was a, a very look. He's incredible talent, but. He's still quite new to all this, and I'm not sure he believes yeah. just yet. He's still not won a PDC title. He's got, Something's got no. to happen for Gabriel Clemens to start thinking, I deserve to be on this stage, and I deserve to be yeah. taking the game to Price and Clemens. Uh, not Clemens, that would be mad. Uh, Van Gerwen um, and everybody else. Yeah. And, and prove, that, you know, prove to himself that he's worth it. He's such a shy, quiet, kind of humble yeah. man. And I think he needs to just actually snap out of it and go, I've been averaging 112 recently on more than one occasion. Yeah. I need to go up there and start smashing people up. And when he does that, I think that's when we'll see him really kick on. Um, but yeah, yeah I, it, it, it might, might be need a bit to impose himself. Yes. Yeah, he might need to impose himself. And I said to I said this to, to Devon uh, months ago. I said, mate, you're playing the darts of your life, which I think Clemens is as well. Hmm. Now, you've got to you've got to win whilst you're doing that. Because otherwise you, you may go off the, the boil just a tad and think, well, I couldn't win when I was playing brilliant. Then the doubts can start to creep in. And I don't want that to happen with, with Gabriel because he he seems like he's got it to me. But I didn't mm. like that with, with Michael. Michael imposed himself. He, he, he just got, got into him. And you're right, he got stuck in early. And it was uh, one-way traffic. And Michael played well. And he backed, he, he backed up the noises he was making. Yes, he did. He did. And he played excellently and deserved the win in the end. Do you think he beats Joe Cullen? Because Joe Cullen's beaten him a couple of times in finals uh, over recent months. Um, I, I have to say, I think it's close, but I'm sort yeah. of turning towards the MVG camp more than I have over recent weeks. Yeah, I, I am. I, I, I'm not trusting Van Gerwen yet. Because I want to yeah. see it over 19. I want to see it over 31, 35, whatever it is. Uh, yeah, and you, you you hit the nail on the head. I'm not trusting two best of nines. Uh, he's played 11 legs. Let's not get carried away here. Exactly. I, I like what I see with Joe, but he still has... He'll have, <laughs> he'll have three periods within two legs of <laughs> off and on, off and on. Uh, and you're like, how is this possible? You can't be inconsistent against Van Gerwen, even when he's not at his best. I think I think Van Gerwen gets him beat, but do you know what? If Cullen comes out with his, with because he gets his head on at times, doesn't he, Joe? Yeah, and it's like, I, I, geez, I do you, love watching you, him. You love him more than I do. Well, yeah. yeah, I do, I do. I've just I've just seen him play in that manner so often. And I'll be honest, it's so often he let me down. He, I, I, I was thinking it was going to go the way of Yellow Clarsen, where he'd, he'd been the best player and the most consistent player yeah. for more than a year, probably two years on the yeah. Euro Tour, um, and couldn't win one. And I thought, well, look, Yellow never yeah. managed to win one. Maybe Joe won't either. And then he did win yeah. one, and now he's won a couple. And I do, I, yeah. I just think he's incredible. But I do think that Michael Van Gerwen is, is building up a bit of a head of steam. I'm not. Sure, he's going to go on and win it because I think he's going to have a poor game in the knockout round somewhere, and that will be leave him open to be beaten. But I think he's probably unstoppable at this exact moment in the group. Group yeah. C was always one of the absolute pigs of a group to call because we've got Jose de Souza, Michael Smith, Christoph Rutaisky, and Lisa Ashton in there is a bit of a wild card. Um, Jose's up against Lisa. I do expect Jose to have too much for Lisa who just seems even in the winter series 
just didn't have that killer instinct. She's played some decent stuff, but when she's put herself in positions to win games, she hasn't been able to get the job done. She should have done it probably against Christoph Ratajski yeah. and didn't quite manage it. Yeah, I, I was having this conversation with Laura Turner earlier and I said, look, we know that Lisa is capable, but there's been so many games now, big games for her in world championships, in grand slams where she hasn't won. Mm. So winning on the big stage is now becoming a problem because it's all right when you lose one or two, it's fine. But then that starts to manifest itself when it goes three, four, five, six, seven. And we're at that point now where her winning is going to take, I think, uh, a, a format like this, obviously, uh, best of best of nine, best of 11, maybe in, the, in the, the, the group phase next year, if she can she can get a qualifying space uh, place. But it won't be a tight game. She will only win it to maybe to two to three because come that last leg with Ratajski, forget about him being unbelievably brilliant, right? Forget yeah. that. If she kicks off that final leg with a one forty, yeah, it's a different game. She kicked off with twenty six. Yeah, it, I mean she she, she looked rattled. She panicked. And, it, and look, there were plenty of players who'd be rattled when Christoph Ratajski's put in the spurt that he did at the back end of that game, but. There are other players who might have got the job done. So I think Jose wins yeah. that against Lisa. But the Michael Smith Christoph Ratajski game is absolutely fascinating. And I have flip flopped between these two all, all day. I've got no idea who's yeah. going to win it. I've picked one in the end, and you can make your picks on the Low Six and PDC Picks apps. Uh, small stakes betting to win real cash prizes. Uh, but where are you putting your pick, Wayne? Right, as we know, I've been a Michael Smith fan since uh, I've used this phrase before. Since he's he's been an embryo. Now yes. I spoke to Mrs. I spoke to Mrs. M earlier, and she, she went, "Wouldn't it be funny if Michael Smith won and you wasn't on him?" <laughs> <laughs> I went, "Yeah, that'd be hilarious, wife." Yeah, she went, "I think I think he wins it." I went, "Do you?" So she went, and we we should Donna for for those that don't know, Donna used to be a very very good darts player herself. Mm. She. She won the, the British Open pairs with uh, a woman called Sandra Greatbatch and she won the Gold Cup pairs with Dieter Hedman. Okay. And she played for County over like sort of 10 years. So Donna knows her darts. Anyway, long story short, she went, uh, you think because he's hitting doubles, he's going to win, don't you? So I said, I, I do. I, I think Michael Smith is a winner of this, is a potential winner of this event. Therefore, I think he gets Ratajski done. My wife, Donna, believes he wins the whole event. Oh, you see, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm agreeing with you on all four games so far. I've picked Michael Smith as well. And I also had Michael Smith down to, to reach the final. But we'll get to that in a moment. So we're, we're agreeing. We think that Clemens and MVG win. Jose de Souza and Michael Smith win. Group E is the other group of death with Peter Wright versus Devin Peterson and Ian White versus Dirk yeah. van Dijvenboda. Now, have you got a heart-head situation going on with Peter Wright versus Dirk, uh, versus Devin? Or no. Do you genuinely think with your heart and your head that the outcome is going to be one way? Yeah, my uh, I, I'm pretty good like this. I, I, I always go with what, what I actually think. I, I, I never gamble. I never bet with my heart. Mm. Uh, I remember going, just, just to digress, I remember being in a, uh, a pub and Tottenham were playing Arsenal. And I was it, it was a cup game. And about 94, whenever it was. Anyway, long story short, I backed Arsenal to beat Spurs and I'm I'm a Spurs fan. And Tony Adams popped up in about the 78th minute at the, the far post or the near post and, and nodded in the winner for Arsenal. And I've given it, yes! 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 I'd, I'd, under, I'd under a quid. I'd under a quid on one new Arsenal and it paid about like 12 to one. Well, I was running around the pub like a lunatic. Anyway, all my mates and everyone's looking at me, giving it, you are out of order. I went, <laughs> we are not as good as them. We are not as good as them. Come on. And then then every time Tottenham attacked, every time Tottenham attacked, I'm giving it, no, 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 no. <laughs> I know you've appeared on some oh, Spurs podcasts lately. Have you told that story? Or have yeah. you decided to shy away from telling that particular story to loads of Spurs fans? <laughs> no, no I, I'm quite proud of it. Anyway, quite I, fair I, enough. Fair I've enough. I couldn't care less. And look, I believe Peter Wright. I be, I believe Peter Wright is a better darts player than Devon Peterson. Devon looking good I, I th this week. Devon is look, looking I'm, good. Look, no need to tell me that. Mm. Um, 
you're impressed with Devon. I'm impressed with him. I, I like what he does. I, I think Peter has that little bit more composure than Devon. Devon's learning at a rate. He's learning at a rate that, that I don't think anyone else is. Maybe maybe D'Souza, but I I believe that Peter Wright found something in his last game. I thought he looked at and f- the changing of darts. I'm sick of it. I mean, it doesn't, oh, matter. On, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Not, oh, doesn't matter. matter. Exactly. They're tiny little no, changes no. that he makes. That, but he knows. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing more than anybody else. And the change yeah. in the darts, it doesn't yeah. matter. He can throw anything. Um, I think Peter Wright yeah. as well. We're agreeing on everything. Um, but I also yeah. think that we're going to get one of these fascinating groups where we're going to get four players on, uh, three players on four points, and leg difference is going to separate. Because I think Dirk can beat Ian White. And that throws yeah. a, I, that means I don't genuinely don't know who's going to make it out of that group because Peter Wright, Devin Peterson, yeah. and Dirk Van Dyven. But I mean, we could have a could have a, a nine dart shootout, which I love, by the way. Um, yeah. Is yeah. that how you see it going? Uh, this is this is I, I do I do I've, I've been really impressed with Dirk. I thought he played fa- fantastic against uh, against Devon, but Devon just kept him at arm's length. Somehow he he controlled the game against someone averaging 98. I don't know how you do that, by mm. the way. Uh, I've never never achieved that. Timing. <laughs> I've played for a long timing, time. Timing, isn't it? Yeah. And by timing, I, know it's I mean, timing. luck. You get your good visits turn up when you really need of them. Course, They're not mate. wasted. Of yeah, course. Ti- timing, is, timing makes it sound like, I mean, that sort of like, oh, I need to really produce something good here. You're trying to produce something good every visit. It's just if it turns up of at course. just the right moment. That's what it That's is. It, it's That's luck. It. Um, but yeah, I think Dirk wins. Do you, so you think Dirk? So you reckon it could be three players, right? Devon and Dirk, I and do. one of them's going despite two wins. <sighs> yeah, I do. I, I tell you what, that what I'm, I'm, I don't like doing this because I feel like I've put him down enough over the years about not not achieving what he should have achieved. But Ian White looks flat to me. I, you know, it, what? I think he's been desperately unlucky so far in this tournament. Yeah, he's, I agree. But he's still, he's just. I, I still think he looks. Not quite as I don't want to say as good as what he used to used to look. I just don't think he looks as sharp. I yeah. just think he looks a bit beaten, and I don't yeah, I don't like that. I think he's he's on it. He's getting back. He's he's getting back to where he was before lockdown, where I genuinely believe he's one of the best players in the world. But he's still not quite there yet, and you're seeing flashes of it no. here and there. His European Championship win against MVG, um, some decent stuff this week, but not quite enough. Yeah, the Winter Series, you play five Pro Tours in a row, Ian White should be in a final or winning one of them because that's what Ian White does, but he didn't do that because he's not quite no. there. But look, I'm the, yeah. one of the biggest Ian White cheerleaders out there, so I feel quite I comfortable in acknowledging that he's not playing his best. Uh, Group G yeah. then, our final two games. Do you see Johnny the Ferret Clayton beating Mikuru Suzuki? Because I have to say, Mikuru should have beaten Gerwin Price, really, or she had the opportunities to, and she kind of blew it. Um, and if any... I, I don't really know if Johnny Clayton is going to be the sort of player who... I think he is just going to play normally. Gerwin, couldn't, Gerwin cannot play Mikuru Suzuki. If I was a darts player playing Gerwin no. Price, I would no. dress up as Mikuru Suzuki on that stage... <laughs> And and he just wouldn't know what to do because he doesn't feel comfortable playing his normal aggressive game, and it allows you a little I'm, opportunity. I'm picturing a six foot three Makuru Suzuki lookalike. That would be hilarious. I well, that, I'm going to really shock would. you here, Wayne. I'm dressed like that right now, uh, but obviously we're doing this remotely. You can't see it, but I do take the Good Darts podcast seriously, <laughs> as do I take our association with our good friends at Low Six seriously. So yes, I am dressing as a Japanese lady for today. Uh, but do you think that Johnny has the same problems that Gerwin had with Mikuru? No, I, I, I think Johnny, uh, I think you touched on it. I think he just plays. I think he just plays her and in a way just, aver- I, I'm going to actually put a little figure on this. I, I think he'll average 92. He'll be too good. Do you know what he'll do? He'll Joyce her. He'll yeah. Ryan Joyce her. He did not give a hoot who it was. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't play. He didn't play the the ladies' world champion. He just played another dart player, which is the way to play it. It was Get exactly like when he played Anastasia play at the well. Worlds, wasn't it? Yeah, hundred uh, yeah. percent. Yeah, and Ryan Joyce yeah. knows Get exactly how to play. He did. Yeah, he, he, Price for me, kind of, and I, I'm not calling him disrespectful. I just think that he expected to beat a five nil five one, and he actually said that. 
Mm. He actually said I was looking for 5 0 5 1, which is, look, it's the mindset. It's right. But he went up there with no adrenaline whatsoever, commentated on the game, and, you know, he was there for the taking. And Makuru can consider herself a little unfortunate, but also lack that composure with the, the only good dart she threw at a double was the fourth one. But mm. the fact that it was the fourth one was the problem. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> the fact she got to four was impressive in itself, but unfortunately yeah. not quite impressive enough. Um, I think we, we might, for the very first time, be agreeing on every single one. If you think Gerwin Price is going to beat Ryan Joyce, and I do, because last year he had one poor game against Makura Suzuki, had a bit of a scare and then got the job done. This yeah. year he's had a poor game against Makura Suzuki, and I don't think he's going to mess up from now. I think he's going to be playing the level you know you have to be world-class averaging 100 and, yeah. I don't know, four just to have a chance of stopping them. Yeah, yeah. I, I can you, he's not played well, but he's still won two games. And champions have something different. I, I don't know what it is, obviously, because I'm not a champion, hmm. but let's not go there. <laughs> I mean, many people, it's a well-trodden pathway. There's no, we're not, we're not breaking any new ground by going there, are we? So... We'll just move no, on. No, we're not. No, let's move on. <laughs> right, move on! Okay, right. Well, look, there we go. We are actually agreeing for the very first time ever in a podcast that is essentially built around us two bickering uh, about darts. We're agreeing in every single one of the games. So we think that Clemens and MVG winning Group A, DeSouza and Smith winning Group C, Wright and Van Dyvenboda winning Group E, although we're still not quite sure who progresses from that group. Devon could still make it through. Yeah. And the two World Cup winners from Wales, Johnny Clayton and Gerwin Price, make it through. Um, right then, final one. Um, so that the good people who are playing on the PDC picks and low six apps know what to do. We've said that for those four groups. Who makes the final? Who wins it? We know what Donna thinks. Donna thinks that Marcus. Yeah, we know what. what Yeah, well, well, I actually said from the outset, and just to uh, reiterate that, I think it's a Wade Van Gerwen final. Mm. And I said that from the very, very start. And I'll probably be wrong on both attempts, but that's what I'm sticking with then. Yeah, you know what? Because I, I mean, don't want to change my mind. I don't want to change it. Somebody's got to beat Van Gerwen somewhere along the line. And I'm looking at it. I think, he, well, he's top in the group, probably. And then he's going to play second in Group B. And he's playing Anderson. Be... He's playing Anderson. Yeah, but Gary doesn't look right, does he? I know he had a great display of finishing uh, against Ryan Searle, but he doesn't look right. Can I be um, really brutal here? Yeah. It's not... It's not 2016, is it? Well, no, it's not. And he's not... Look, we've said, we've had this conversation a lot about Gary of late. He, he's not played a great deal. He takes a little bit of time to get back up and running. And he's not had that here. He's looked He looked poor in his first two games, to be honest. Gavlas yeah. should have beaten him. Uh, I think that... Well, Whitlock did give him a, a hiding. And I really thought that Ryan Searle was going to turn things around in that. But the, the finishing was absolutely yeah. spectacular from Gary. I mean, he's averaged nearly yeah. 100. Um, but I just don't see Gary stopping Michael, and that would probably mean that Michael plays either Clemens. Well, it's going to be probably going to be Clemens um, in yes. the quarterfinals, and he looked. He couldn't lose looks, to Whitlock again, could he? Could he, he lose to Whitlock again? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> could. Can he beat him? Can he beat him again? Oh, that would be Three hilarious. Times. I mean, honestly, I've been so impressed with Simon Whitlock. He always finds way to ast- ways oh, to astonish me. But having said that, I don't think any of them will make the final um, because I think that Michael Smith is the man to watch. So I think yeah. that he's going to come through Group C. I think he's going to find a right. way past Cross and maybe Chisnell or whoever um, and then yeah. make it to the final. And yeah. if it isn't Smith, it will be somebody else in that group, probably Jose de Souza. But I'm going to stick with Smith. Okay. Right. Okay. So Smith from the top. Yeah. And then the bottom, I'm going to say Peter Wright. I think Peter Wright okay. does it. And then Peter Wright. Okay. I mean, it's a toss up, but I, I think. I think Michael Michael Smith. Let's why not? Why not? I'm going to curse him. I've been picking Michael Smith to win majors. Donna says gonna Michael Smith. Him. I'm going to. Donna says Michael Smith. 
and I'm going to join Donna because she is right. Ultimately, it would be very, very funny if Michael Smith did win his first title <laughs> and you hadn't backed him. Uh, so there we go. Look, that's we, we agree in many respects, Wayne. But yeah. by God, that will feel it will feel ten times as good knowing Michael Smith is a major what, champion then, and you look at, looking down looking down the, the the groups and the players it's not often that I can actually say they're playing well they're playing well and just carry on because normally it's oh struggling 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 yeah. coming into this event there are a lot of people struggling and all of a sudden two games in it's like I think cross is now a bit of a danger hmm Dimitri Vandenberg is playing the, in the darts of his life. Uh, wow. Right. James Wade is looking something. Devon's looking like a possible winner. So is Riot. So is Ratajski. Smith. D'Souza's not out of it. Well, I mean, look, Group what, C, Group going E. On? Devon, Dirk and Peter, all in the same. They, they are either major finalists, major semi-finalists or title winners in the last few weeks. And only two yes. of them can get out of that group. De Souza looks like yeah. a major finalist in waiting. Michael Smith, we know, is a multiple major finalist. And Christoph Ratajski, finally, people are coming round to seeing that he, he is very, very likely to oh, be in the mix so for a title somewhere. And only two of those can so make good. it through. It, it is just a brutal, mm. this group stage format. And that is why it's been quite it? tricky to predict. But it has been fun, guys. Uh, but remember, if you are getting involved on the PDC picks and low six apps, uh, you've got to be 18, resident in the UK, uh, terms and conditions apply. Please gamble responsibly. Or, or even if you get an annual pass to Hendo Island, it will be revoked immediately. You won't be allowed to go and do yoga there with John <laughs> Henderson. That is the terms of not gambling responsibly. Remember, though, if you or a friend has problems with gambling, visit begambleaware.org.